He gave her three slaps. It was the first time he had ever laid a hand on her, according to Nuria, and left. Since then they had heard nothing about her, though Nuria still got scared at night, especially when she was coming home from work. I'm telling you all this in case you ever feel like visiting Sofia, said Nuria. No, I said. I haven't seen her for ages and I don't have any plans to drop in on her. Then we talked about other things for a little while and said goodbye. Two days later, without really knowing what prompted me to do it, I went round to Sophia's apartment. She opened the door. She was thinner than ever. At first she didn't recognize me. Do I look that different, Sophia? I muttered. Oh, it's you, she said. Then she sneezed and took a step back. Perhaps mistakenly, I interpreted this as an invitation to go in. She didn't stop me. The room in which they had set up the ambush was poorly lit. The only window gave on to a gloomy, narrow air shaft, but it didn't seem dirty. In fact, the first thing that struck me was how clean it was. Sophia didn't seem dirty either. I sat down in an armchair, maybe the one Emilio had sat in on the day of the ambush, and lit a cigarette. Sophia was still standing, looking at me as if she wasn't quite sure who I was. She was wearing a long, narrow skirt, more suitable for summer, a light top, and sandals. She had thick socks on, and for a moment I thought they were mine. But no, they couldn't have been. I asked her how she was. She didn't answer. I asked her if she was alone, if she had something to drink, and how life was treating her. She just stood there, so I got up and went into the kitchen. It was clean and dark. The refrigerator was empty. I looked in the cupboards, not even a miserable tin of peas. I turned on the tap. At least she had running water, but I didn't dare drink it. I went back to the living room. Sophia was still standing quietly in the same place, expectantly or absently, I couldn't tell. In any case, just like a statue. I felt a gust of cold air and thought the front door must have been open. I went to check, but no. Sophia had shut it after I came in. That was something, at least, I thought. What happened next is confused, or perhaps that's how I prefer to remember it. I was looking at Sophia's face. Was she sad, or pensive, or simply ill? I was looking at her profile, and I knew that if I didn't do something, I was going to start crying. So I went and hugged her from behind. I remember the passage that led to the bedroom and another room, the way it narrowed. We made love slowly, desperately, like in the old days. It was cold. I didn't get undressed, but Sophia took off all her clothes. Now you're cold as ice, I thought. Cold as ice and on your own. The next day I came back to see her again. This time I stayed much longer. We talked about when we used to live together and the TV shows we used to watch till the early hours of the morning. She asked me if I had a TV in my new apartment. I said no. I miss it, she said, especially the late night shows. The good thing about not having a TV is you have more time to read, I said. I don't read anymore, 
she said. Not at all? Not at all. Have a look. There's not a single book here. Like a sleepwalker, I got up and went all round the apartment, looking in every corner as if I had all the time in the world. I saw many things, but no books. One of the rooms was locked and I couldn't go in. I came back with an empty feeling in my chest and dropped into Emilio's armchair. Up till then I hadn't asked about her boyfriend, so I did. Sophia looked at me and smiled for the first time, I think, since we'd met again. It was a brief but perfect smile. He's gone away, she said, and he's never coming back. Then we got dressed and went out to eat at a pizzeria.